Hey, Northeast Pennsylvania, it's Rob O'Donnell here on WILK News Radio, 103.1 FM, 910, 980, 1300 AM. It's 308, 82 degrees with some storms uh, working their way through our area, some of them pretty bad. So, uh, you know, don't be surprised if you hear the emergency alert broadcast system cut in. They've been cutting in over the past couple hours um, sporadically, but uh, we expect as the as the air warms up and the storms move through, we will see these things start blowing up and we'll get alerts, uh, you know, I'm sure, through the show. Um, you know, up, up at my house, up in upper Lackawanna County, we kind of had the gamut of uh, of weather before the show today. Woke up, it was beautiful and sunny outside. Next thing I know, it's cloudy. And uh, we saw the thunderstorms move in. Uh, some real bad straight-line winds uh, to the point where you know, I thought we might, uh, you know, see some twisting rotation and 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 such but we we didn't it was just uh you know probably 50 60 mile per hour straight line winds enough to bend over the maple trees on the tops and uh send some branches flying up by me and we also had some dime size hail uh but it would last you know 15 minutes and it would gone and the sun would peak out and you know then you'd hear the rumbles of thunder everything would get dark and heavy downpours again but we had two bouts of uh some hail up by me and like i said some pretty bad straight line winds um, up in the upper Lackawanna County area. It looks like these storms are all up and down, you know, from north to south in uh, Pennsylvania, cutting across, and they're blowing up from central PA and moving our way as well as the day heats up, as the heat of the day, you know, rises to the clouds and causes whatever it causes to cause these storms. But they're moving through, so be aware if you're traveling. These downpours are heavy. There is some hail involved, a lot of thunder, a lot of lightning. So be careful out there. Um, you know, it's Monday, so how was your weekend? Monday, June 26, 2023. Hope you guys had a, a good re- restful weekend, you know, with the weather being what it is. Uh, Sunday turned out to be not a bad day. Uh, for a lot of the day, I was able to get uh, the other half of my grass cut that I needed to get cut, so that was good. I uh, was able to get in my pool that needed a good vacuum, and uh, I like to do it from the inside because that's what having a pool is about. And it was warm enough, too. The sun was very hot when it came out, even though the temperature wasn't very hot. But it felt good. You know, the water was nice and cool, got in it. I had to do a good uh, vacuum of it and cleaning. Since I've been away, I really didn't get to do that. I have the automatic vacuum, but it only does so, so much. I like doing it by hand because uh, I'm pretty meticulous. If you're going to have a pool, you might as well take care of it. So, you know, I try to the best if I can. And we alternate with some regular chlorine shock and non-chlorine shock week to week. Keep it clean. I have an automatic chlorinator that keeps it good. Um, but commonly, when I open my pool at the beginning of the season, as soon as I take the cover off, that water is crystal clear and blue, and I just have to equalize the the water. And when you do that, you have a good chance of keeping your pool and maintaining it the rest of the season. So that that's what I try and do. But I, I hope you had a good weekend. I hope you were able to get out and do the things you did. My wife and I were pet-sitting this weekend, so... Uh, and uh, the, the my daughter's dog, I liken him to, you know, the hyenas in the movie The Lion King, uh, the goofy one. I, I call him a different name, but, you know, the goofy one that, that's kind of all out there and tongue hanging out of his mouth and the eyes rolling around. That, that's her dog. Uh, kind of looks like Splinter. He's still a puppy. He's just one. and he, He's a really good dog. And I'm trying to decide if he's deaf, if he's defiant, or he's stupid. Uh, there's the three options there. There's option A, B, and C, and I'm not quite sure. You know, just when I think he, he's stupid or defiant, you know, he, he's he's very obedient, 
but he has separation anxiety. He has to be around you at all times. And even if you just step outside to the deck and he can still see you through the windows, you know, he looks for something to chew. He, he's getting destructive. He's pulling stuff off the counters to, to rip it up, be it an envelope, be it a piece of mail. You know, it doesn't really matter. Something to get attention. So we've been working on that. Um, you know, we've created him when we're not home. And, and I've never seen, I've had German Shepherds. I've had Chocolate Labs. I, I've had a whole gamut of dogs. And I've never seen a dog actually rip through a metal kennel cage. And this dog does just that. He bends the bars, twists it, gets it out, and, and gets out every time. And I, I've just never seen a dog mangle a metal cage like this before. So uh, we might have to upgrade our kennel situation and, and work with the dog. You know, I, I just haven't had the time to do it, but I've I tried to start this weekend. You know, I, I train my German Shepherds. I train my Chocolate Lab, both... Uh, you know, protection training, um, obedience training, and everything else, and, and gun gun training. My chocolate lab was was my hunting partner when I went hunting. Retriever was great um, when we did waterfowl. So, uh, you know, I need to spend some time. And again, he he's still a puppy. He's only he's only one. A good dog. I mean, you give him the commands, he listens right away. He's got these huge paws. She says he's some sort of golden doodle or something like that. He he more looks like a spl- splinter. He looks he's got that schnauzer look, but he's big, like uh like he's he's as big as a lab. He's got these huge legs and huge feet and paws. So I, I'm not quite sure what type of dog he is, but I, I'm thinking he's just got anxiety and he's extremely smart. But you, you'll talk to him or give him commands, and he just totally ignores you till he wants to listen. Which leads me to believe, like, maybe he's partially deaf, too, and he's just not getting it. But we were doing that, and we really couldn't do much away from the house because, like I said, this dog rips through his metal kennel uh, when we try to put him in it to leave the house to do something. Um, We have the chew toys. We have things to occupy him. You know, he just wants attention, so he'll do things to get attention. And even when we're not home, and, you know, he got to some mail uh, that was on the counter. He swiped it down. But in addition to her dog, we're watching her cat, which I think antagonizes the whole thing because I've literally seen the cat walk across the counters and knock things onto the floor so the dog chews them up so the dog gets in trouble. Now, with this, the male in question that I saw, I saw the dog pull it off the counter. But I've also seen this cat knock stuff off onto the floor. And, uh, you know, it's quite a dynamic. But they went away to Long Island to visit their aunt this weekend her and her boyfriend, so we were we were animal sitting, and basically upon her return last night said, you know, this is this is the deal. We're not doing this anymore. You're either taking the animals or you're not going anywhere, because you know we really couldn't do much this weekend and the things we had to do. So you know we kind of put our foot down there. So uh, you know we'll see how that works out when she goes back to school. She's taking the animals, thankfully. Don't know how that's going to work out, but again, without a kennel that can restrain this dog. It's going to be interesting. We've been looking at a few options. You know, some of them are $1,000, these these metal containers. These I shouldn't say containers. They're metal kennels, completely metal, stainless steel containers. But I'm not paying $1,000 for a kennel. So we're looking at some other options. They have anxiety-type kennels that are, you know, made a little more reinforced. So we're looking at them. They're not too, too expensive. So we'll see what happens there. But that's just, uh, you know, the life of... Uh, Parents of kids with animals, I guess. You know, we thought we were by that when I we lost our 
Chocolate Lab at 13 to Thanksgiving. Well, it would be not last Thanksgiving, the Thanksgiving before that. And we've purposely not gotten another dog because we like the freedom to travel. We like that we could just jump in the car and go places. And we're kind of hampered now by our kids' choice of animals. So we'll try to work through that. If you were listening to the show on Friday, about 5 o'clock, I broke some news that there were some, some things going on in Russia that the, uh, the Russian government had opened up a criminal investigation against Wagner and surrounded its, its headquarters. The Wagner private military group had taken up defensive positions, and some of Russia's military assets had joined them in taking up those defensive positions. Well, that utterly exploded after we closed out the show at 6 o'clock on Friday. And I was pretty much glued to it all Friday into Saturday and all day Saturday until Saturday night. And all of a sudden it was like, well, it's over. Time out. They, they were calling for a full-blown coup. There's a civil war going in Russia. There were reports that Vladimir Putin was on a plane, you know, fleeing Russia. And the, 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 the armies, which, you know, the media there and, and independent journalists were confirming this Wagner army was, was moving towards Moscow. Moscow was hunkering down. There were some minor skirmishes, but the Russian regular army was joining the Wagner group as it was moving along, you know, based on the lack of fighting. The people were cheering this on. You know, the world was kind of dumbfounded on what was going on. Our Joint Chiefs of Staff canceled a trip to, uh, to the Middle East to monitor this. And just all of a sudden, the Wagner CEO and his armies turned around and went home. So... Vladimir Putin is going to speak. He's supposed to be breaking news. He's going to be speaking in the next, they're saying, in the next half hour or so. So it's going to be interesting to see what he says because regardless of what happened, regardless of what deal was brokered, regardless if this was a false flag or some kind of operation just to make Russia look bad or if it was some kind of deal inside Russia to maneuver troops to Belarus where they can, which is more strategically aligned to Kiev if they're looking to move to Kiev to take that. Whatever the case is, this made Vladimir Putin look weak. And they're saying that he's going to have to take some extreme measures, if at all, to gain the faith back because the, the public opinion for this supposed coup was for the Wagner group. And Vladimir Putin has has built his empire, has, has built his position based on strength, intimidation, and power. He's got none of that now. And even though it doesn't concern us, the fact that they are the number one nuclear, have the number one nuclear arsenal in the world, it does affect us. And it is very concerning to us, you know, especially if this broke out to a full-blown civil war on Saturday, which thankfully it didn't. I mean, not to say there is neither side is good for us. They're both thugs, the CEO of the Wagner Group, Vladimir Putin, and anyone in the regime there. There is no good option for us as Americans. So we need to get that out of the way. But it was just to see the extent this was going to, to see the, the national news networks, mostly CNN. CNN actually had the best coverage on this, by the way, with uh, – with the, the BBC. It was a full-blown civil war, and then all of a sudden it wasn't. 
So it's going to be interesting to see how Russia recovers from this, how Russian leaders recover from this, because it, it made the entire regime, military and political, look bad. And we're going to have to see what happens there. And like I said, Vladimir Putin is supposed to give a speech in, the, in any time now. And the media is waiting on that. And we're going to wait on that as well. It's Rob O'Donnell here on WILK News Radio. It's 321. We'll be back. Welcome back to the Rob O'Donnell Show on WILK News Radio. It's 324. It's time for Rob's Rundown on this Monday, June 26, 2023. These are things that are happening in our atmosphere. They're headlines that are out there, but we probably won't get into them in depth. But uh, they're happening, so you should be aware of them. Summer camps are seeing a void of counselors. So if you're looking to be a counselor this year, it's the summer camps. It looks like there's plenty of openings to do so. Scranton's RFP sees no takers to validate nonprofit properties. Looks like they're going to be putting that out to bid again soon. Scranton school boards split on retention of their recovery officer. The NEPA Pride Festival takes place. Woman fatally shoots Uber driver thinking she was being kidnapped. Jury in Pittsburgh synagogue trial weighs death penalty. Coast Coast Guard to investigate. Well, that's that. Well, we told you there was going to be uh, some EAS warnings coming into you. Uh, so just be careful out there if you're driving around. Uh, you know, I'm sure that's not the last one we will hear today. But uh, to finish off Rob's rundown, the Coast Guard to investigate the Titanic submersible. They're going to be the lead agency in charge to investigate that. It looks like they're attempting now to pick up some of the debris. Pocono Township fires leave several businesses destroyed. I believe you heard that during Paul Michaels' news minute. A janitor, in efforts to stop a beep, stop beeping, destroys decades of scientific research. New York City cracks down on wood and coal-fired pizza restaurants. I guess New York City is looking to be the microwave pizza capital of the world. And that's it for Rob's Rundown on this Monday, June 26, 2023. Um, hope you enjoyed that. We got some uh, some uh, text messages in. Again, you can call the show or text at 570-883-0098. It says, um, you know, son got a boxer and he purchased a remote-controlled um, shock collar. He went to a local dog trainer who instructed him how to use it and... Uh, Everything, but unfortunately, he only behaves uh, when he's on the shock collar. I get that. I, you know, I, I use them, and, and we we like to call them correction collars. Um, and basically, after after within I'd say fifteen minutes with my chocolate lab, uh, he never had to be shocked. It was either the vibration or the tone. That was it. That was all he needed. And uh, it was it's a great tool if you know how to use it. If you do not, uh, it can be can be something that's that's very bad. Um, Somebody said charge the dog's kennel with low voltage, insulate the bottom part way up the sides. I, I don't think I'm going to go there. Um, I'll look into a more hardy kennel. And somebody said, uh, oh, that was it for the, for the text messages. So, uh, so, again, you can call or text at 570-883-0098. It looks like the, uh, the U.S. medium age hit a record in 2022. Um, according to the U.S. Census Bureau, it looks like the median age in America is now 38.9 years. 
according to new estimates. That's an increase of 3.5 years since 2000 and a jump of 0.2 years in the past year alone. So we're living longer, and we're going to have to do something about that, uh, especially when it comes to our our programs like Social Security and Medicare, because this was not factored in when those those programs were were brought to light. They were on the premise that there was a ton of workforce that was supporting um, a very much smaller retiring community. So, uh, you know, it's a good thing that we're living longer, but we also have to adapt to that. And, uh, you know, 38.9 years old as a median age is, is not great. I mean, I'm, I'm pretty well over that now. Um, you know, we were talking about it this, uh, this, uh, this weekend with my wife. You know, as you know, we, we laid her to rest last weekend. And she was 74, and my wife's 55. So she was like, you know, do I have less than 20 years to go? And I gotta, we got to do the best of it and start to travel more and do the things we want to do. And it's absolutely right. you got to live for today and do the things you want to do. It's uh, 3.31 here at WILK News Radio. It's time for Paul Michael in the News. WILK News Time, 3.31. Good afternoon. I'm Paul Michaels. A new study shows that drugs used for type 2 diabetes and for losing weight could soon be available in pill form, not just injections as they're mostly given now. Here's ABC's Sherry Preston. It's no secret that drugs like Ozempic and Wegovy have become extremely popular as people use them for both controlling type 2 diabetes and obesity. ABC chief medical correspondent Dr. Jennifer Ashton on how effective Rebelsis, the pill form of Ozempic, is at weight loss, according to a study funded by the maker of the drug. In adults without type 2 diabetes who were overweight and obese, it lowered their body mass index by 15% compared to just over 2% with placebo. The pill form Presumably much easier for most people to take. Physicians say, as with anything, ask your doctor if you have questions. Sherry Preston, ABC News. The city of Nashville and Bristol Motor Speedway are busy working to land a NASCAR race for one of the oldest tracks in the country, historic fairgrounds track in sight of downtown. The half-mile track, beloved by drivers for decades, would give NASCAR a chance to spice up its schedule. That's even as the Nashville Super Speedway capped its biggest weekend yet with its third cup race. The fairgrounds venue needs millions in upgrades. The Storm Tracker 16 forecast is next. Welcome back to the Rob O'Donnell Show on WILK News Radio. It's 337. I was re- recently introduced to a, a fascinating individual, David Klein, who's uh, with us in the studio now. And, and you're, you're going to get to see him if you're going to be at the Scrantastic Spectacular. But uh, the more I hear his story, the more I think you should hear his story. So, Dave, thanks for joining us on the Rob O'Donnell Show today. Rob, I personally like to thank you and also your staff for hosting me on your radio station. One radio station I've come to know over the past 50 years and greatly appreciate the service that you have provided for our area. Well, thank you. You are Dave. definitely number one. I appreciate that, Dave. We, we, we try and give the people what they want here. W. Tell us a little bit about yourself. You, you were born in Wilkes-Barre, and you're back in Wilkes-Barre now, but you have a whole gamut of places you've lived between being born there and now. Yes, uh, my family were immigrants, and I'm the third generation. My family came from County Mayo in Ireland. They actually started off in Scotland before the invasion of the Brits, and then they fled to County Mayo and then into this area. So I'm a third generation from Ireland, Poland, and also Germany. My uh, artwork actually starts off in the period of 1971. My cousin was a late Franz Klein, personal friends of Pablo Picasso. If you go online on Google... Or if you go down South River Street across from the Sardoni, you'll see a marquee for my late cousin Franz Klein, whose 
recognized as the founding father of abstract art in the world. And his works displayed in Allentown at the Art Museum and also in Washington, D.C. and the Smithsonian Institute. My personal artwork has been related to the sea since I have spent 40 years sailing the high seas with the Navy, with the UDT uh, group out in the South Pacific known as Micronesia. And the way we say hello out in Micronesia is yakuyak, and the word for friend is jadak. At that time, I was part of what's called the Select Six. My background is CNWDI, Civilian Nuclear Weapons to the Department of Intelligence, where I was one of the Select Six with the hands-on recovery for Nike, Zeus, Polaris, and Hercules. In this area, my involvement started off with Dan Flood with Hurricane Agnes, where he worked out of the King's College building. At that time, I was involved with OEP, Office of Emergency Preparedness. So after 38 years with the military, I'm also on Discovery Channel underneath the U.S. Army dredging, Dredge McFarland. I tried retirement. But <laughs> as you were pointing out, Social Security really isn't the way. Because Social Security and watching TV, to me, is a very boring life. So presently, I'm doing 40 shows from Maryland, just finishing up a show today up in Alexander Bay. And greatly looking forward to being able to display my cutlery that starts off in the Stone Age with obsidian, agate, and flint, using Native American work that's prepared for me by a Native American out in Arizona. From there, I go into 12th century steel. From 12th century steel, my knives go into quantum physics, knives of the future. So if you're a knife buff or a collector, please come to the show. I also handcraft walking sticks. Since my last 38 years was with the military in earth science, I make walking sticks with the local wood and also vines. And I'm one of the only people that I know of that actually will take the time to appreciate the poison family. So I hand sand poison oak, ivy, and sumac since I know the dormant season and how to properly do that. My jewelry collection also starts off for the beginning of time with troglobites and goes into some really beautiful stalactites and other stones. And and you're going to have a booth, like we said, you're going to have a booth at the Scrantastic Spectacular with all this on display and, and what, what you've just explained. Um, it's uh, 341. We're going to go have to go for a break, but uh, you're going to stick around with us for another segment? I would be honored to, sir. That'd be great. We have David Klein, who's going to have a booth, a fascinating booth at the Scrantastic Spectacular that you, that you need to go see yourself. And we're going to talk a little bit more about the different types of work that he's going to have there. Um, have him there uh, when we come back. It's the Rob O'Donnell Show on WILK News Radio. Welcome back to the Rob O'Donnell Show on WILK News Radio. It's 344. Lehigh Valley, Lehigh Valley Hospital, Dixon City, presents the Lackawanna County Scrantastic Spectacular, Monday, July 3rd at Courthouse Square in Scranton. Event kicks off at 4 o'clock. Food, trucks, and vendors line the square. Local bands on the stage, 5 to 745, sponsored by Scranton Recycling. Kids zones and games and bounce houses. Northeast Pennsylvania Philharmonic Brass and percussion members on the main stage at 8. Fireworks at 930, sponsored in part by Ulama. Sponsored in part by the Scranton Tomorrow, Scranton Lackawanna County Commissioners, City of Scranton, and Odyssey. Details at WILKnewsradio.com. And as you know, I will be broadcasting live there from 3 to 6. And I have one of the vendors for, for the Scrantastic Spectacular, David Klein, who, uh, you know, I just found out his some of his artwork has been commissioned by George Bush. and uh, Senior. Senior. 
And um, is any of that going to be on display or the types of work that you, you had commissioned? Yes, yeah, so I have one of the pieces on display. And uh, let's go into this poisonous wood. How, tell us about working with that and, and how, how that's made safe, you know, after, after the fact. You know, one of the interesting things, and, you know, it's not the part of religion, it's the part of relationship. And Paul, in the chapter 1 of Romans, actually talks about how all of creation speaks forth of who God is. Through my prayer life, I was able to understand the poisons to a deeper level and also discover a grain in the vine that was second to none. In the beginning, whoever named poison oak, poison oak, knew what they were talking about because one of the things I discovered in the poison oak vine is that the grain is similar to the oak grain. When you spend 40 years out at sea like I do, you have a deeper appreciation for nature. And one of the things of my appreciation for nature, taking a look at a tree, is how could I successfully work with the wood? How could I successfully work with the roots without hurting the tree? Because to me, it's a creation, just like I'm a creation. So I actually discovered, number one, the growing time of a vine like a rose or a poison, oak, ivy, or sumac, is nighttime and not daytime. For the Bible says that Christ is a vine and we're the branches. The next thing that I discovered is how to properly sand that, even to a point, without a mask. I heard stories of people who would actually burn it and get it internally. But because I believe in higher power, I was able to properly know the time to cut and how to wet sand from a 60 to a 40 grit and how to do a natural oral finish on the vines, including the rose vine. And then out of these, you've made walking sticks? Walking sticks and also canes, and I'll have uh, some of them on display, which will be for sale. And I'd like to say uh, a couple of things. Number one, being a veteran myself with 40 years behind me, if you are a veteran out there and you want to help or support the Scranton cause, please come, and I would greatly appreciate your support. I am a disabled veteran asking other vets to stand behind me because their money and their investments will not go down in vain. And it's your goal through these endeavors that you've done, through these these things that you've made with your own hands, to, to assist in, in veteran nonprofits organizations, correct? Well, uh, thank you for asking me that question. One of the things, like I mentioned before, I don't believe in is religion. I believe in relationship. For God so love he gave. One of the reasons why Marlo Thomas personally wrote me a real nice thank you letter, which will be on display as a certificate. I'm part of St. Jude's. I'm not a, what do you call, 401k? 501c3. 501c3, because I do this out of my heart. Mm-hmm. The other group I'm involved with is Feed America, because as a veteran, I have a hard time accepting the fact that our children are starving to death in our streets. So I'm involved with Feed America. And also being a disabled veteran, I'm a frontline runner for Wounded Warrior. All great organizations, and, and you know, I'm sure the listening audience, all you need to do is Google Wounded Warrior, St. Jude's organization. And what was the third one? Feed America. Feed America. And uh, you can find out how to help that yourself and to, to donate directly to them. Um, hopefully we have great weather. Like I said, I'm going to be broadcasting live there from 3 to 6. You know, you guys are going to be there with your merchandise and tents, you know, showing showing pieces of history from, from, from speaking to you now. So I'm going to be interested to see 
your setup when you get there. So you said um, you're going to have these handmade knives. You have the jewelry through all these spectrums of, of history, and, and, and you're walking sticks and canes. Yes, and uh, the other thing is if a person has watched a program called Game of Thrones, you also see blades made out of dragon glass. And then I also have a new discovery called Black Lace Obsidian, which will be for sale, and also the native work. The native work that I have on display is done with a Navajo method called brain tanning, and all the beads on it are done with glass beads. Excellent, excellent. Well, I'm looking forward to it. Uh, Mr. Klein, David Klein, I'm, I'm, I'm glad you were able to come in and join us today. And uh, thank you for your service, and thank you for this little brief uh, discussion on history we've had both on and off the air. Yes, I'm uh, gr- greatly honored to be here, and I'd like to thank you and your staff for having me part of this time and also the time in Scranton on July 3rd. And I understand it's going to be the number one uh, fireworks display in the area and the largest. So thank you for that as well. And yeah. as a veteran, I greatly appreciate your support, sir. I appreciate it. Like I said, I, I have two two uh, active duty military children. I, I've been around it for, for many years now. I serve on the boards of military nonprofits. And, uh, you know, anything we can do to help our veterans and, and causes that are out there, be it veteran or non-veteran, uh, I'm all for. So I'm glad you can come in. Thank you. God bless you. Thank you. Um, you know, something else that we've seen, uh, the the uh, Lake Wollampolpack, I saw that there's a 63.8 million in lake homes listed around Lake Wollampolpack. And that, that's an incredible number, uh, basically 167 176 properties listed uh, with a range of a $3,000 lot to a $5.49 million lake home uh, with 10 properties listed at more than $1 million. It's just an incredible um, stance of uh, of lake homes that are right here in our backyard. And I'm getting this from the pahomepage.com. Uh, and... It's interesting to see this kind of market value because uh, in this past weekend, as, as you know, when my son just uh, finished his flight school, he's headed to Virginia Beach, Oceana, Naval Air Station, Oceana. And they were there for the past four days looking for homes because the Navy, in their infinite wisdom, gave him two weeks to move. Uh, that's two weeks to pack up your old house where they were renting in Meridian, Mississippi, find a place to live, Move all your stuff, you know, a quarter of the way across the country and set up a new life to report January, July 5th. July 5th is the day he starts his class for the F-18 Super Hornet. And the housing market in Virginia Beach is to say the to say it, it without the impact it has is just incredible. Houses are not staying on the market for 24 hours. Houses are getting multiple offers well above their asking price. You know, one of the houses they did find that they like, they offered $25,000 over asking price, and it, it, wasn't, it wasn't accepted. You know, it wasn't even in the running. So that just goes to show you the, the market down there. They've had to increase their budget for, for a place to live. Now, you can imagine Virginia Beach is, is an extremely um, – desired place to live especially in the months of july and august your winter's here your top season is here the summers when everyone's going to virginia beach it's just been an incredible 
you know, experience. Like I said, not many houses that fit their their criteria are on the market. There's really no middle zone. There's 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 houses that are far below and out of the area that they need to live. And then there's houses that are extremely, you know, half a million dollars plus is your minimum for for these houses that are anywhere near within commuting distance of the base they need to live. And it's just amazing how, uh, you know, it's just expected. You pack up your life. I mean, I've I've moved two and a half times, let, let's say that, or, or one and a half times. I moved from, uh, well, two, two and a half times. I moved from, from New York City out to Long Island, and that was the purchase of our first house, Long Island. So I, I went from an apartment to a house. It was a move, but it was a small move. And then from Long Island to here, you know, I've come to the conclusion that if I ever have to move again, I'm not moving, I'm abandoning uh, because it's just something that I don't want to ever have to do again. And then when I went down to Annapolis to work in Alexandria, Virginia, you know, I rented a, a townhouse down there, which I furnished down there. So it was basically just picking furniture out, having it delivered and setting it up. Um, but to see right in our backyard the treasure that we have here in Northeast Pennsylvania, $63.8 million of lake homes and property around just Lake Wall and Paul Packet itself, we do live in a great area. It's Rob O'Donnell's show. Time for the Bloomberg Money Minute. Welcome back to the Rob O'Donnell show on WILK News Radio. It's 358, almost 359 here. Got some uh got some uh, text messaging. You call text at 570-883-0098. I'd ask it if my son has to be within a certain distance of the base to live. Um, with 5 a.m. briefings and uh, the beach traffic, it, it kind of sort of has to be within a half an hour of the base. If not, you're going to be sitting in traffic for hours. And somebody said they, they closed on their house July 2020 locally. It was on the market for two to three years before, and he paid less than asking price. The market's definitely changed, and Virginia Beach is definitely one of those areas that it's uh, in demand. Like I said, they upped their budget by 100000 and they've been bidding 25000 over asking prices and not even getting uh, accepted. So uh, it just goes to show you how things are in the Virginia Beach area. And like I said, starting houses are at half a million dollars. It's just ridiculous. But it is what it is, and they have the next week to move. It's uh, 4 o'clock here at WILK. We'll be back.